Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, just got midday on Ausbiz as we kick off the afternoon as usual with the call 60 minutes where we go through 10 stocks that you've suggested plus one that I've uh, um, uh, picked as our stock of the day, a stock that's in the news. And uh, I put all of those 11 stocks to a, a panel of experts for their adjudication on it. And today, Howard uh, Coleman from uh, Team Invest. Howard. Good to see you. You well? Yes, uh, very well indeed. You too, David. Good. Now, I see and, you've got the, the books prominently behind you there. That's excellent. The Conscious Investor and uh, and Wealth Winners, which is the Team Invest way of, uh, of investing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if uh, lots of viewers out there educate themselves, as I did initially when I started uh, running my own portfolio, um, they should all do very, very much better and start to be aiming for 15, 20% a year in returns instead of much lower yeah. amounts than that that the market would give remind, them. Remind us of the online bookstore that you know, people can get them through. Uh, the Educated Investor. That's right. That's probably the easiest place to get both of them because yep. they specialize in uh, books suitable for investors. So the Educated Investor um, uh, website. Um, and they have not only those two books, but all sorts of books that would be useful for many of the viewers, I would mm. think. Okay. All right. Worthwhile looking at. And also, uh, Howard's partner in crime today, Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Gary, how are you? Yeah, I'm excellent. How's business going? What's yeah. the feeling of clients at the moment? Uh, feeling of clients? Well, look, I've got a strong feeling here that uh, market's pretty close to a peak here. So uh, really, to me... I, I, 20 years in the market tells me that this is, uh, you know, potentially one of the great tops here for the US market. So that makes me a little nervous about okay. all the markets. The good news is that normally a high growth top like a NASDAQ top is uh, affects them more than us. We're more of a value market. Right. So, right. but we still get dragged back. We just tend yeah. to bounce a lot better than the growth stocks. So a lot, oftentimes when the NASDAQ sort of heats up, um, It'll sort of it'll sell yeah. off and then probably have a dull bounce where we'll come back, but then we'll have a, yeah. a str stronger uh, bounce. Okay, right? so there's that old saying in America: "Sell in May and go away." So you reckon yeah. that could be the case? I think it? we're pretty close here. So it uh, it hasn't actually worked out too well in the last ten years. I think right. two out of the ten have been down in May. Right. Um, but if you go back and look at the first year of the decade, and you look at post-election 
cycle, the four-year cycle, yeah. it's a lot stronger numbers. Oh, okay. So, uh, All right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting to see where that concept of selling may and go away comes from. The brokers, uh, in the days when brokers had to deal personally with their clients over the phone or, or speak to them across the desk, the brokers in May had their kids finish school and they wanted to go away on holiday. So they came up with this concept of selling May and go away. And um, over time, that got corrupted to becoming that it was a good time to sell your shares. Um, but the, the brokers were really saying, we want holiday. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the maths of it, the seasonality for the last 70 years, it's pretty compelling. Right. So okay. you can you can we can make jokes about it, but the numbers yeah, yeah. the numbers speak for themselves. Because so, that, um, yeah. because we're going into the northern summer, aren't we? When everyone takes their big summer holidays, and the theory goes, how it is it that you know you sell your book before you go on holidays, so so you don't need to look at the portfolio and then get back into it when when school's back and you're back at work. Yeah, and Gary, you know, it's pretty compelling if you flip a coin seven times in a row and you get to, to lose the coin flip that you, you called. But if you go through the history of test cricket, the number of people who've uh, called wrong seven times in a row is quite a large number, but it isn't pretty compelling that <laughs> points will always land you up that way. How it's a... <laughs> all, right. all right, we're getting uh, a big deviation yeah. here away from yeah. uh, from the market. We're getting yeah. into cricket because I know Howard's passion <laughs> is for cricket at the moment um, and it always has been. But let's get into the stocks. And I thought we take a, a look at a stock that I know you two here have looked at only recently and I know it's a favourite of Team Invest. Um, over the years, but Nick Scarley, the, the big furniture retailer, uh, has come out today, uh, significantly changing its profit guidance for the full year after a strong half of written sales. Uh, the company now expects profit to be between 78 and $80 million, an increase of nearly 90% on this time last year. Written sales are up by more than half on the prior corresponding period, with the company saying it's not expecting any further supply chain delays until its next results. Now, I think it was, Howard, correct me if I'm wrong, was it last week or or two or three weeks ago, Nick Scarley came up uh, in front of you two. Um, both said, uh, great company, has been a wealth winner, but gee, it's pretty high at the moment uh, in terms of its PE. But now that it's re-rated its earnings today, does that make it more attractive again, that, that maybe it's not overvalued at the moment? Yeah, it's PE, in fact, uh, isn't all that high. It's only on a 10.7 PE at the right. moment. So I, I, I'm not sure that we said its PE was high, but I think we said that its share price had run up quite a bit. Yes, that's right. And, and that's true. Um, but if we look at it this time last year, we were on the show, and I remember at that time, everybody was talking about retailers being in serious trouble. Yeah. And we spoke about the fact that the best retailers will do well because their competitors right. get into trouble. And secondly, if people are working from home, they're going to sit on the old couch working from home and say, gosh, you know, we can do with some new furniture. So one of the key things that people would be buying from working from home, other than the obvious of a new computer to, to work from home, would be um, the sort of thing like a lounge suite. And um, that's, in fact, what's happened. So absolutely superb update from what has been an extraordinarily well-run company for many, many years. It's passed our filters 
in Team Invest for years, doesn't currently pass because leases have now been included in debt. But if you look through the lease debt and only look at the bank debt, um, it would pass our filters. It's on a relatively low PE, as you say, profits almost doubled and nothing that at the moment looks like it's going to stop. Although, obviously, people don't buy a new lounge suite every every year. So all those people who bought new ones probably won't be buying again. But they do very well when people change homes. And there are a lot of people now buying new homes. Um, so every time somebody moves yeah. from one apartment to another, or one house to another, there's a good probability that they'll be going up to somewhere like Nick Scully to buy furniture again. Mm. So great business, uh, terrific result, and a lot of our members have been buying it uh, uh, recently. I haven't, but a lot of other members have. Okay. So you'd have it as a buy at these levels? Absolutely. Okay. Gary? Um, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, cracking result there. I think you're sort of starting to see some of these things start to get priced in there. I, I agree with Howard. It's actually not that expensive when you look at it historically. So I think yep. I think it's traded between 9 and 15 and a half times if we go back and look at the last 10 years. Okay, so, so it's towards the bottom. Yeah, so I think it was sort of closer to 14 before yesterday. Obviously, the update's going to wind that back a bit. Yeah. Um, but the question here is, that is will this heat last? And as Howard yep. sort of says, you, you buy the... You know, everyone's gone out and bought the the office gear, the computers, the yeah. you know the the couches. There, w- will you continue? So that might lighten off a little bit here. The price action su- is suggesting to me that's the case here because um, we saw a bit of selling off that sort of twelve dollar high, and then we've bounced, and that the volume on that bounce is really light. So a bit of light, yeah. bit of conviction there, sort of is pretty low. And then today you've had an awesome update, pretty similar to sort of what maybe Apple, Amazon, Facebook here recently. And it's faced some selling. Yeah. So you're on these high valuations, high frothy sort of market, have a cracking update, but then there's a bit of selling coming in here. So I think yeah. Nick Scully's actually down a little bit here. Yeah. Um, so great company there. I I love watching stocks come back and like a little three wave sell down. So that's somewhere around nine dollars for me. So right. that's that's probably where I'd be looking at it personally. Maybe a little bit lower here, but uh, look, I agree. It's a great company here. Um, I think. I guess the answer is I think um, the online sort of stuff's going to stay. Probably won't be as hot as it has been, but maybe we settle somewhere in between. And um, yeah, if we sort of come back, you know, I think this is... So not for you at these levels, but if it came back to around nine, which is where it was sort of... Yeah, we got down to nine, 20 there, not only four or five weeks ago. So yeah, Yeah. I think we can come off here. So just market's a little hot here, so I, I can just see... Okay. Market drifting off here, so I think there's an opportunity to sort of get it a little bit lower. Okay. All right, let's get into uh, the 10 stocks that uh, you've asked us to have a look at. And uh, Rod, uh, Gary wants a view on Viva Energy Group. They're the uh, uh, big petrol refining and, and retailing business. They have their, their oil refinery in, in Geelong. Um, and also it's Shit, the old Shell stores? So What's it's, yeah, station? Shell, um, Liberty Brands, and it's yeah. now that, um, yeah, so I mean, about a quarter of Australia's um, fuel supplies, um, yeah. fuel requirements. So, and, yeah, so fairly. And they're also in, in jet fuel as well. That's they? right, yeah. aviation. Aviation fuel, yeah, which mining, has been big um, for them. Yeah, so um, yeah. pretty broad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I saw that the, so fuel output's about 50, uh, sorry, 17% down on, on the numbers from last year. So, I think EBITDA was down about 19%. Net loss was, what, 35.9 mil versus 130, 
135 mil the previous year. So just just under under a little bit of pressure here because of obviously COVID. So yep. that that will improve here. Just still think you're not going to see the travel where it was. Um, that's going to take a while here. So considering we've had a bit of a bounce here, look, I think it goes a little bit higher here, but I don't. I don't see it as compelling here. I still think there's some headwinds. So right. um, at these levels, I'm not interested in the stock, no. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Howard, what do you think of Viva? Yeah, wouldn't be interested at any levels. Um, you know, Australia's not really competitive in this kind of area. Our refineries are small, much bigger refineries can do the job far cheaper. And um, our politicians jump in and make a big fuss, uh, of all stripe politicians jump in and make a big fuss uh, about margins the moment the petrol companies are making a teeny bit of extra margin. You know, uh, people will pay $4.50 for a coffee, but they get terribly upset if a litre of fuel costs an extra cent <laughs> than they were paying last week. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's had, it, not hardly surprising, it's had low return on equity. For all three years it's been listed, a loss in fact last year, as Gary pointed out. It's uh, got a fair amount of debt, um, it's an expensive business to keep up to date and keep on improve. You know, uh, you're maintaining your facility. So now, nah, for a whole bunch of reasons, a definite no from us. There are far better places you can put your money on the stock market. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Rod. Uh, now we're going to get into um, um, a couple of stocks uh, in in the same sector in that mining services infrastructure area. Um, Mark wants a view, Howard, on McMahon. Um, Mark says, great growth, hardly any debt, always reporting new contracts, but share price still going down. Is it a bargain or am I missing something, Howard? Well, um, I think that's an excellent question, a really terrifically well-expressed question. And he's quite right. So return on equity, only the last few years, but it's been pretty good the last few years before that wasn't so good. Earnings are growing, um, their debt level is low, they do keep announcing new contracts and the PE ratio is so low that the directors have been buying quite large amounts of extra shares on market. Now, when the insiders are buying um, on market, not getting the shares free, but actually taking their hard earned money uh, and buying shares on market, it usually says that the people who are inside the company think the company's very good value at the current price. And I must say, looking at it, I think so too. Now, the only uh, concern or risk you always have with contractors winning lots of new contracts is winning contracts is not necessarily a good thing. It's winning contracts at good margins is good. Mm -hmm. But if you get contracts because you're the cheapest and you lose money doing the contract, that's not so good. But there doesn't seem to be any evidence of that that I can see unless there's something I don't know about. But... Uh, I, looking at this uh, company, all the metrics look good. The picky's low. The, sh the insiders are buying. Um, so to our questioner, yeah, it looks like a, a, a bargain at these at these prices. Not a company okay. I've ever followed, but it looks like a bargain at these prices. Okay, uh, Gary. Yeah, I mean, so four hundred nine mil market cap. So it's not not particularly large there. Uh, so the revenue was what six fifty two million for the first half. So. Uh, net profit was what forty four point eight million for the last um, the last half there. So comparable to the market cap, yeah. I was like, okay, what's what's the problem here? So um, I do remember McMahon had a lot of debt um, in previous years. Yeah. So um, that has been corrected now. So it's back to around twenty percent the gearing. So 
Um, so probably just maybe that residual there of, um, of you know, it was popular there, you know, a few years back, but then it got a, got itself a bit too highly geared. And then the um, after the resource boom there, I think it took a little while to sort the balance sheet out. But looks in reason looks in reasonable shape here now. So yeah, I, I agree with Howdy. I think there's um, some value there. The thing I do like about this sector, actually, I just bought Monodelphus there a couple of weeks right. ago. Which that, is the, the biggest in the sector, isn't it? Yeah, so, so you've got Monodelphus and Woolies, which we're covering right, next good. as well. Yep. So um, I really like the sector because um, if you think about the, obviously we've had a pretty um, strong commodities market and nice resource boom here as well. So yep. pretty robust sector. The, the most compelling thing for me is that most um, resource companies have raised money. So there's been a massive amount of money raised here in the last sort of 12 to 18 months, sort of, um, and most of the miners haven't raised, like normally you just raise a little bit of money to get you through the next sort of 12 months or the next nine months. There's enough money being raised here for the next probably two, two and a half years from a lot of these miners, a big raising right. there. So they're all flush with cash. Yep. So they can go out and confidently go yep. out and do their program stuff there. So that's going to be- commodity prices are high. It's got to be yep. good for the mining service operators here. So I, I like the sector there. I mean, I, the Monodelphus has already moved up 10% um, for me already. I'm looking at the Wally. Wally looks pretty good there. I'd yeah. probably just stick with the, the top tier, but I do like the sector here. I think it's, um, yeah, okay. I think they all look pretty good. So I, <coughs> so I'm, why is McMahon left behind? I'm not sure. Yeah, I so think. Smaller company, and by the look of the chart, it's fairly thinly traded, isn't it? Yeah, it's, look, you say you're winning contracts, so you have to sort of keep winning them because obviously yeah. they, some of them lapse. Once you've, once you've done and finished, you need to sort of keep rolling through. Yeah. So you always mm. have to keep winning contracts there. And Howard's bang on. It's all about the margins they make there. Right. Sometimes when things are tough, you just take the work to keep your, your, keep your employed. Your employed. employed. Yeah. yeah. But if there's a margin there, so um, yeah, I mean, so far it looks, margins look okay there. The profitability okay. was pretty good. So if you look at where it's sort of been heading the last five years, it's definitely heading in the right direction. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I'm with Howard. I think it's actually a buy here. Okay. All right, let's uh, move on to Woolies then. We've yeah. got a, a double bugger here. Um, yeah. It's actually won a new contract in in the last day or so, but is, yeah. share prices dropped. Um, yeah, there wasn't much a, detail around, around the margins of that deal there, right. so um, quite a large contract there. Right. Um, I think there's actually two announced. Right. Um, so, so that really backs up what, what Howard just said. Yes, you can win a contract, yeah. but the markets have been stunned by yeah. these companies before, That's right. uh, yeah. you need to know the detail of the contract and the margins involved. Yeah. So this one here, the one in the US there was um, was already an existing workforce, obviously getting rolled onto the Wallys sort of yeah. platform. So that looks fairly um, smooth transition there. So obviously yeah. a margin on top for them. So that looks, looks okay on paper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the sector here. I think the sector looks really interesting here. I think, um, thing with Wallys too, I love technically, each pullback's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. So right. they call it like a um, you know, volatility contraction. So when you sort of see the stock sort of sell down a little bit and then the, the next pullback mm. is smaller and smaller and then eventually you sort of pop out of the range there. So right. I, again, I think it looks pretty bullish here. It looks pretty positive. Um, I like the sector. I just like there's a, definitely a lot more contracts getting won here recently. Obviously yeah. with COVID, they probably put a lot of things on hold for a bit. There's definitely been a lot more uh, mining service contracts starting to get rolled out yeah. here, and you know, and I think but you can yeah. understand why 
yeah. their customers have put work on hold during their, yeah. given the COVID environment. And yeah, look well, around the yeah. world with mine sites closed down yeah. and lockdown and all that. Well, they haven't had the, obviously in Australia here, we've been fairly unique. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. but obviously uh, in Texas and overseas, the, yeah. it's a lot, lot different. So, yeah, so I really think the mining services are a really good space to be here. Okay, so you'd buy Wally at these I, levels? I, I would be. Okay, so you've got Monodelphus, you've got Wally, and you've got McMahon. McMahon seems to have been left behind. Yeah. Um, how, how would you rate them? I would, I've already bought Monodelphus. I would buy right. Warleys here and right. I probably wouldn't buy... Um, McMahon because it's, it's too, too small, small for you. Yeah, okay. yeah. but it's, yeah. I think the whole sector's a buy here. Just, you know, you've got to look, you know, look okay. at it, look at yourself, how you want to, how you want to trade. I, I, I generally try and keep to the, the leaders. Right, okay. Uh, Howard, what do you think of Warley? Yeah, I mean, two two points. Firstly, uh, Orly's return on equity has been poor for years. This has been a serial underperformer for as long as I can remember. It was a market darling uh, before the GFC. Mm. Uh, everybody was going to get rich buying Orly shares. And it really, ever since then, has serially underperformed. One of its problems is it's largely in oil and gas, and that's a bit on the nose now in terms of getting funding from um, banks uh, that, that want to be out of things that are considered to be contributing to climate change. Um, and its early share have been sort of going backwards for quite a while. Um, and uh, its debt's okay, but certainly not one that I'd get enthusiastic about. But my second point is, you know, it's 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 great to say you you like a sector, but all companies in the same sector playing again playing to the same rules don't do equally well. We see that David in AFL. You know, if you have a team that's badly managed, um, it's playing the same rules with the same referees, the same fields, um, and the same number of matches in a year. But some teams continually do well, and other teams continually do badly. Howard, so I, just, un I understand the analogy, and I agree. Not the best week to bring it up for me, um, particularly, <laughs> particularly where, I, where we lost badly to his team, the Brisbane Lions, on the weekend. Talk to me oh, next well, week, hopefully. <laughs> bring it up. Fair, <laughs> oh, yes. Wow. You got a free yeah. kick, didn't you? Uh, or, we did. Or didn't give away yeah. a free kick, did you? Yeah. Yep. yeah. There are some exceptions to that rule, Howard. The, the buy now, pay later sector seems like most of the companies are going up, even though there's some probably poor companies yeah, in yeah. that sector as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, but but I think that's largely market ignorance that everybody treats all companies in the same sector the same. So, you know, getting back to the same thing, in mining services, we obviously like mineral resources the most. We've spoken about it often. I'd agree with Gary that Monodelphus is the other really good one. This McMahon looked particularly good to me. Worley definitely a no from a team invest perspective. Our members have got irritated with it too many times over the years, so <laughs> a definite no from me. Yep, okay. All right, uh, thank you for that, Jordan, and um, and also Mark for McMahon as well. Good uh, discussion there that led us into the, the whole of the sector there. Um, Howard Lockham wants a view on Batcorp, um, which is the, uh, the car parts supplier, isn't it? Yes, yes. So car and more recently truck as well, but largely car parts. Um, you would really think they'd be doing exceptionally well at the moment and should continue to because more and more people are using a second car and driving themselves to and from work rather than catching public transport. And that may continue a while longer. 
the return on equity over the last few years hasn't been all that exciting. It was much higher, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, but seems to have been dropping recently. That's not particularly good. Uh, debt's okay. Um, earnings per share growing quite nicely, double digits, around about 12, 13% a year over the last few years. So overall looks pretty good on a PE of about 24. So that's not too bad. It's it's uh, closer to its upper end of its range than its lower end. So I wouldn't call it expensive at the moment, but it's a long way from cheap. It's marginally above middle of the range. So, you know, if you could if you could buy it at about seven dollars, probably a good buy at seven fifty, maybe wait. Uh, we're bound to get an opportunity where there's some bad news in the media or what's turned into bad news by the media. And that will be the time rather to buy it. So quite like the company, not hugely excited about it, but uh, it looks reasonably good on all our metrics. All right. Uh, Gary, what do you think of BAPCorp? And uh, as Howard was saying, certainly people have been in the used car market, just phenomenal figures in the last six months. Used car prices up 40% in the last year. The old theory was you buy a new car, drive it out of the dealership, drops in value by 30%. Well, not anymore. It's hard, hard to buy uh, cars and hard to buy bikes as well. Is the other yeah. answer, oh, so, but okay. uh, yeah, I actually agree with Howard. One hundred percent here. I think um, that look the multiples not super high, but it's still not not. Uh, it's still a little stretched here. And yeah. if you consider their, I think the growth this year is around about twenty nine percent. So I think the revenue line was up twenty six percent for the year. The profit was up quite a bit more, but they're expecting that growth to taper off next year. So I think the um, consensus earnings is only for about a growth of around 7.5% for oh, 22. Right. So okay. that puts the, the 22-24 PE a little little high here. So I'm with Howard. I think under $7 is probably looking more around the right price range there. So I'd probably even sort of say maybe under 680, sort of uh, 660, something like that. Yeah. Right. But def- I agree with Howard. I'm saying I think under $7 is probably when you start to have a look at the Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Lachlan. Now, our fifth stock, um, Gary Alex wants a view on Platinum Asset Management, the uh, the big fund manager that was started by Ken Nielsen all those years ago yeah. out of BT. He was originally. Yeah, so he's he's left there, which has probably been coincided with the performance of the of the share price not saying well in the company as well. So it's funny. I sort of went back and looked at funds under management there just a couple of years ago. So pretty much. Uh, Pretty much sitting at the same level as we were two years ago, right. so I really haven't sort of grown much in it. Now think. the reason that's important because that that's how fund managers make their money, yeah. isn't it? Sort of is yeah. uh, the um, and it should uh, feed that they yeah. put on the funds under. And if the market goes up, which it has, then yeah. your funds under management should be growing right. by by the by the very nature of the market going higher, right. um, which which some. which definitely has occurred. Yeah, and um, yeah, so funds under management haven't occurred, so. Yeah, look, most of broker uh, um, valves are sitting under the current price. Right, so okay. no one's got a, a value uh, yep. above the current share price. So, yeah, I think this is up here largely as a result of the equity market being high here. So I'd be probably selling this one here on right. base where the market is here and, and allocating those money somewhere else. Right. And yeah. um, is size a relevant to its business performance as well, because oh, that, that's, yeah. that's being thrown into yeah. the Magellan um, yeah. uh, argument at the moment that it hasn't performed because it just got too big. Uh, the bigger you get, the less nimble you are as an investor, things like that. And Platinum was sort of the rock star 
in funds was, management for so many years. Like yeah. Magellan has been more recently. Yeah, so I mean, there was, you know, if you go back, I mean, some of the more notorious ones were the, you know, Babcock and Brown stuff, which obviously had some issues. Um, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you, you do go equity th- link. Yeah, you do go Clayton th- Robard. You go through Whoa. these as well. So I'm yeah. always sort of wary when you get too, too good and too hot and everything yeah. running in there. So, but yeah, I think platinum sort of, you know, just if you just look at the outflows there. There's sort of you know there's outflows every month coming out there. So yeah. Um, okay, yeah, not yeah, not for me. All right, Howard, what do you think of platinum? Yeah, not hugely enthused. I mean, the two things you have to be really good at to be a successful fund manager for investors. The number one is you've got to be good at managing the funds that you look after because that attracts other funds into the business. But the second one is you've got to be very good at marketing. And what Magellan has been exceptionally good at is marketing. And that's why they've generated huge amounts of funds under management. Platinum, on the other hand, has a very tiny marketing department. It's never really regarded marketing as being all that important from everything uh, I've understood about it. Uh, Never talks much about marketing. And if you don't do the marketing to get funds in your business, you can't earn much money on funds under management. So um, Platinum uh, has always been a disappointment from the point of view of it can't bring in much funds under management when it's the, the landscape is so competitive in the industry they're in because they've never had a good uh, view on marketing. So, uh, uh, you know, it's certainly never going to be a capital killer but because uh, it's got a high return on equity and no debt. But you, you're not going to get any growth and there hasn't really been any measurable or, or material growth for probably 20 years now in, in platinum yep. for the simple reason that they're not good at marketing. Okay. Um, is Platinum, if you do um, Fidelity v Platinum, is is Fidelity still worth looking at? Uh, Magellan, not, not Fidelity, sorry, Magellan v Platinum? Well, Magellan are great marketers, but as you said earlier, David, they've got so big that they've got to really do, you know, make decisions about very large companies only nowadays, and that gets really tough to get good returns. And I don't think Magellan handled this whole COVID period at all well. Um, Hamish Douglas talked himself into that the only safe thing to do was have tons of cash uh, at a time when cash was paying next to nothing. So they're underperforming the market. They're likely to underperform the market for a, a while now. And that's not good for uh, retaining the funds under management that you've got. Yeah. And all the split okay. too. I mean, they basically, they reconfigured the whole company there as well, which I don't yep. think went down with a lot of shareholders too well. So, right. um, yeah. Okay. So look, it's not for me, but I know I've got a few clients who, who love the company. So, yep. um, yeah, but you know, I, I, mean, I just Hamish, sort of know that you go through those cycles of, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Hamish talks about being a big follow Buffett's philosophies and he and I believe he goes every year to the Buffett AGM when it's been uh, available to be held live but there are a hell of a lot of things he does that are completely different to Buffett's philosophies so um, and he's entitled to I mean he's entitled to have his own philosophies but from from a team invest point of view we tend to get a little irritated when he says that he is a big follower, but <laughs> yeah. we find things that he's not. Yeah, exactly. Because your your um, the team invest philosophy is a, a lot stricter in terms of following that philosophy. Yes. 
Um, let's recap on the uh, first five stock stock of the day. Uh, Nick Scarley, um, both Howard and Gary agree, great company. Uh, to yes from Howard, um, Gary would like to see it around that $9 mark. Um, then he'd be interested in it. Viva, a no from both. Uh, but Marnie, yes from both. Uh, Wally, a yes from Gary, a no from Howard. Babcock uh, Corp, a no from both. But it got, if it gets below $7, then they'd both be interested in it. That's um, according to Howard and, and Gary, uh, a much better valuation uh, for it at the moment. And in terms of platinum, a sell from Gary and a no from Howard. Um, here at the call, we've been following our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner NAB Trade. Uh, all the stocks that get two thumbs up, like McMahon today, go into the calls portfolio. And um, if those stocks come up again, even if it's in front of a different panel in the future and doesn't get the two thumbs up, it goes out of the portfolio. So if you take a look at how we're, that uh, fantasy portfolio is doing, for the week, uh, it's down 0.6%, for the month up 3.5%, and for since the 1st of July, up 29%. Some of the stocks recently added, uh, Beach Energy, Seven Group, uh, Home Consortium, Dexas and Whisper, uh, some of the stocks removed, Harvey Norman, Amcourt, Newix and Shryro. If you want to take a look at all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, coming up in the next hour on Osbiz, uh, the team take uh, have a chat with uh, Jason Tay as he tells you, the investor, where to look if you're chasing dividends. And Jason's from uh, Vertium Asset Management. He's on just after 1 p.m. here on Ausbiz. All right, let's uh, get into our second five stocks here on the call. And uh, Howard, uh, Jane wants a view on Pure Foods Tasmania. Uh, this is a, a company that basically invests in um, in Tasmanian small food companies. It owns Tasmanian Pate, Woodbridge Smokehouse, and Daily per, uh, Potato in the last week or two, has bought um, uh, another uh, Tasmanian food business, Lord's Plant-Based Foods, for 350000 Fairly small uh, company, isn't it, Howard? And only, from memory, recently listed in the last year or two. Yes, I think it was a reverse listing in that it's, it shows as being listed a lot longer, but that's not yeah. true. It, it's a listed company. Um, yeah, I mean, sounds like a great idea. And, you know, worldwide, uh, uh, Tasmania's got a good reputation for being clean and green. So it, it, it sounds like a lovely idea, but so far it hasn't demonstrated any ability to make a profit. And if a company hasn't demonstrated that the management are capable of making a profit, it's always best to steer clear of that kind of business uh, if you're looking for long-term investments. So uh, it, it wouldn't get more than a few seconds glance um, from Team Invest members, so definitely a no from me. Yep, Gary? It's actually on my radar. Uh, I, wow. I'm with Howard, I wouldn't buy it here yet, yep. um, but it's definitely a company that I'm watching pretty closely there, because it's a, uh, we'll say 37 mil market cap, and so first half sales are about three and a half mil, so you're gonna do probably close to say seven or seven and a half mil in revenue. EBITDA is pretty small, obviously not making a profit as Howard sort of says there, but it, this is a bit of a scale up story here, so, now a few people have been talking. Uh, a few people were talking about this um, 
this company here. So the, you know, the, the sales growth is probably going to, you know, there's some good, great brands there. Uh, yep. I think there'll be probably a few more small acquisitions on the bolt-ons there, but really trying to grow this, uh, you know, and be that little um, unique sort of, um, you know, mm. obviously the plant-based sort food like as well. Sort of like a boutique Tasmanian yeah. food. Yeah, so some really gross like. sort of areas in there. So the, right. the pate, sort of seafood as well. And um, so there's a few issues of the, the seafood getting out of Tas to, uh, to Asia, which... Um, which where it used to go. Yeah. So um, so there's obviously markets there for it, you know, for new markets for it to go. And so there's going to be a few issues here, but I think I, I love the way they're sort of putting some nice little brands together. Mm. Um, all the numbers are up across the whole. Okay. Each each brand was was pretty robust. So but it's going to take a little while to get going here, but definitely one to sort of keep an eye on. And I think once you start to see some more um, reporting and and some better numbers there, could be one that actually has a bit of growth okay. here. Just just going to sit back and wait here for the um, for some better numbers to come through, but I think it's one to mm. have on our radar. Okay, we'll uh, we'll keep yeah. it on our radar and check back in uh, regularly on it. All right, Nikki um, uh, wants a view, Gary, on Sonic Healthcare, the big uh, pathology diagnostic imaging uh, company, not only in Australia but the US, Germany, Switzerland, the UK, and Belgium. Uh, Goldman Sachs put out a note recently. Um, it's, of course, driven, the, uh, ridden a COVID issue with uh, all the all the pathology. Goldman Sachs saying, uh, you know, might sort of get a few headwinds yeah, as, so. as testing falls off a bit. Yeah, that's right. So obviously the COVID testing has been a positive for them. So yep. most of the analysts are sort of saying that um, one more period of, say, super normal growth, right. but then we'll return back to sort of more normalised returns. So. Yep. It's hard that you actually look at consensus there. Um, earnings is sort of was pretty high this year, but then it's going to taper back off. So yeah. it's hard to sort of gauge where it should be trading here at the moment. I see most of the brokers, you take take out Credit Suisse around 40 bucks. All the rest of them are around the 37.50 here, which is sort of... Um, right. So yeah, most of them are sort of got to put it, you know, probably fully priced here. So I, I do like Sonic here. I'm just not sure about, you know, with... The market's thinking it's going yeah. to scale back, which it obviously will cool off a bit. Because uh, remember here here in Australia, wasn't it, that when you went and got your test, it was done by, even though it was free to us, yep. uh, it was done by all these pathology companies. Yeah, someone's going to pay for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and the government yeah. paid them for it. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so I think the revenue so was up, booming. up 33% for the year, which is pretty yeah. big for them, considering that some of the other services would have been down quite a yeah. bit. Oh, yeah, so that's, that's a point. pretty pretty cracking number. Um, I think net profit was up double for the year. So some good numbers. It's just, it just basically, everyone can see this cooling off a bit. So it's kind of where it all sits. You're going to have um, some parts of the business will be will be improved. Obviously, yeah. the COVID testing will, will be off a little bit. So look, I think it sort of sits somewhere in the middle, but I hard to buy it here at this price, but I do lo- yeah. like this business. I just think maybe a lower price is... Is, uh, is coming. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, look, everyone's sort of seeing... Uh, are returning back to more normalised returns. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I think See, it, was, it was only yeah. recently, if you look at that chart, it was back down around that $31 mark. That's okay. right, yeah. I mean, it was, um, gee, 20 bucks in the um, yeah. COVID low. Jeez, that yeah. would have been how... They got hammered. That would have been cracking like buying down there. Yeah. yeah. So, As everything was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so yeah. not for you at these levels. Howard, what do you think of Sonic? Yeah, very good company without being a great wealth winner, uh, but it's been extraordinarily consistent for decades, uh, for, for well over 20 years that I've seen it 
It's had return on equity of more than 10% a year. It's had debt that's always been manageable. It's, it's kept it at roughly the same level all the way through, despite a number of acquisitions over the years. And its earnings have been growing at about 5 to 6% a year in an environment where inflation's more like about 2% a year worldwide, uh, all the countries they operate in, first worldwide. So overall, it's been a very good performer without being an exciting wealth winner. Now, uh, as both of you have said, uh, it's got a huge boost recently because COVID testing. I don't think that's going to drop off in any great hurry. I think the world will be living with COVID. If you look at how many people are being vaccinated per day or per month and how many people there are in the world and the fact that the vaccination needs to be given twice generally and will probably need a yearly booster, um, this doesn't look like there's going to be uh, any rapid fall off in testing. So it could slowly go down, but I wouldn't think a hell of a lot. But as Gary has said, and as you said, David, as well, it's not exactly cheap at the moment. It's it's been priced for this particularly good period. So very good company. I think most team invest members looking at it would say that they would be quite happy to have it. I don't think many team invest members actually own it. Uh, it's never been talked about in meetings much, but certainly not at these prices. So under $30, I'd expect people would be looking at it. Uh, where it is now, uh, probably not. They'd say if you're looking for 20 uh, companies in your portfolio, you can find ones with yeah. more exciting growth rate than five to six percent a year uh, when you look long term. Yeah, and I, I've just been thinking recently to uh, because there's so much um, uh, self-testing COVID kits coming out in the UK. They're everywhere. My daughter over there tests herself virtually every week from one at the chemist that she picks up for free, yeah. uh, and and these Brisbane companies that uh, the US and the UK have invested in, um, hundreds of millions of dollars, we well, seem to be producing these this test kit technology here. Yeah. Uh, just the Australian government ignores them. Every other government seems to be backing them. Ethereum and uh, Antiotech, is yeah, it? Um, which is listed here on the, on the market. Um, so yeah, it's, Fascinating to see how that's going to go in the future. Um, Howard, Anne wants a view on uh, integrated research, the, uh, um, what do they call it, mission critical uh, software they do for the big end of town, uh, a global tech business, um, which, um, 80, which doing some research on it, 87% uh, of its revenues are, are recurring revenues, which is a nice little foundation for it. Absolutely. And and the, the clients are all the biggest companies in the world, you know, big banks, insurance companies, yeah. credit card companies, um, people who, who are uh, having mission critical large websites. So um, none of the clients spend a huge amount of money with them. So each client's spending a relatively small amount of money, but they're all top quality clients. So the business is pretty good, but it has had an unfortunate habit of losing CEOs and having to get new ones. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, Oscar Wilde or whoever it was had some joke about losing one wife being unfortunate, losing two or whatever it was and three. And I think the same thing applies with CEOs. Um, so that's not a good look. But all its metrics, except for the last year, 
have been outstanding. The you know very high return on equity, zero debt, growing earnings. But this last year, uh, it said that a huge number of its clients delayed um, new orders, yep. and they had a very poor result for the half year and for the last year. But it seems as though that's now rectifying itself. Um, comments from the company suggest that that's now straightening out, so it may be okay. And probably at these prices, it's a reasonable buy. So I would say a, a, a not hugely enthusiastic yes, but a yes from me. Mm. I'd be much more comfortable if the current CEO turns into being a very long-term CEO instead of the several changes we've had over a number of years. All right, Gary? Yeah, I remember we actually looked at this about five months ago, and yep. uh, at, at, at that stage, I think the price had broken through like a 340 sort of support level, yep. and there was some really strong selling. As I looked pretty horrible, so at the time I thought oh, this, this might be able to come back to 240. So I think it's actually gone a lot lower than that, almost back to what 210 here. Yep. So it's gone deeper than the previous low there. Been some pretty strong selling all the way down there. We've bounced here on really light volume, and as a result here, so what, yeah, the, the last sort of. Uh, update there were 18th of February there I think the the half year was revenue was down 36 yep. percent um, profit was was off 99 percent I think it was 129,000 was the profit line and they, obviously the, the chairman has, has stood down as a result of the yep. of those sort of bad numbers there so still on a reasonable multiple here I just the price action doesn't look like we've had a bit of a relief rally here but not exactly the sort of conviction I'd normally sort of see if we're right. if we're at a great value point and great rally yep. here so for me, it's a bit of a wait and hold here. It could be a buy here, but um, right. I'd like to see a bit more price action, a bit more support here. Just concerns a little bit here that the, the revenue line was so big. We're talking about, you know, big businesses are the ones that have probably stayed alive here the most and been the most willing to um, um, probably probably profited the most as well. Yeah. So revenue line down 36% is not so good. Right. Um, so I'd just be wanting to sort of see where this... So you're a hold for this. Yeah, I'd just be sitting back here. The price looks interesting here, but um, mm. oftentimes you get one piece of bad news, you're always... There's, yep. there's a high probability of getting another one. Okay. So, uh, yeah. All right. Um, now, our next doc, uh, Richie, wants a view, uh, Gary, on um, a real estate investment trust, Shopping Centres Australia. But it's not in the big end shopping centres, it's more in uh, regional shopping centres and strip malls and things like that, is that that, that next tier or two? Down well, this, from, this, uh, this originally was ones? the rollout from, from uh, Woolworths. So this was all, right. this was Woolies or Best Properties uh, originally rolled in. Right. So there's a few other, since then they've, uh, there's a couple of Coles in there and there's a few other right. smaller now. So it is um, a reason, it is actually pretty high quality okay. um, asset there. I don't think the price is that attractive here at the moment. I think it's already had a bit of a bounce here. So it was one stock that I was looking there around that sort of 210, 220 there um, late last year. But a stock does does swing back and forth quite a bit. Um, yeah. I just think at the moment there, yeah, I think... For a REIT, it does a bit. Yeah, it, yeah I mean, the, I think not. the yield's around about 4% here at the moment. So um, unfranked. So yeah, I, I do like this, um, this REIT. Mm. Probably one of the few that I do like because I think the long leases... You know, quality okay. supermarkets right. is pretty safe. Yep. Um, but I think maybe closer to 230 probably puts it closer to 6% yield is probably more attractive for me. Okay. Uh, Howard? Yeah, REITs never get us particularly enthused. And with interest rates having dropped so much, they now probably not going to go any lower. 
And in fact, everything I'm hearing, and Warren Buffett's, in fact, in his uh, annual uh, address, uh, the AGM talked quite a lot about how in the United States, and they're in pretty much every kind of business in the US, um, they're seeing input prices rising and they're starting to pass on all these rises to customers as well. So he was quite convinced that inflation's on its way back again. And we're seeing exactly the same thing through Team Invest Private. We're seeing costs going up, but we're also able to easily pass those on to our customers. So we're seeing all the signs of inflation ceasing to be dormant, probably only be picked up at the end of the next quarter or the following quarter, but uh, certainly in that direction. And if interest rates rise, the value of shopping centers drop. Um, similarly, online affects them to some extent, although as Gary said, um, they've got pretty safe tenants in terms of who their tenants are. So overall, though, I can't get enthused about something that relies on low interest rates to do well. And when interest rates rise, their assets drop in value. Uh, and at the moment, I'm pretty sure that although the RBA will keep interest rates as low as it can, as long as it can, um, inflation is going to start coming back and eventually rates are going to be rising. So on a longer term perspective, definitely a no from us. Right. OK. I agree with Hal on that too, the interest rates. I sort of felt like the whole time here, the RBA has made the wrong move there. Trying to, yeah. trying to keep rates. Just last yeah. week or week before in the most recent RBA minutes, yeah. they basically slapped the markets down saying, we're noting the commentary that intra inflation is coming back and we'll have to put up interest rates. Mm. We don't see that happening till 2024. So yeah. basically, yes, we hear what you're saying, but we know better. I think there was, uh, if uh, unemployment rate gets down to the fours, yeah, yeah. Then, and uh, yeah. you're in the target range. Then the then rates could have to go earlier. You know, I think was sort of between, right between the lines. But I, yeah, I, I think it's crazy so to be. So where do you think rates will go? I think they'll they'll be go early bit early. They won't. Uh, they'll go earlier than that for sure. I okay. think uh, next year. Yeah. Oh, Howard, when's your prediction on rates rising? Oh, I don't know that I've got an exact timing on it, but certainly earlier than when the Reserve Bank is saying. But I think the Reserve Bank will keep rates low, even if it means you're losing money on all uh, bank deposits as you are now, because that's the yeah. easiest way to get rid of government debt. There are only three ways you can get rid of government debt worldwide. One is to default, very unattractive. Um, <laughs> but one, another one is to uh, um, uh, increase taxes. Well, that's a good way of stopping being the government and turning into being the opposition. And um, the third way is to keep interest rates lower than the inflation rate. I lived yeah. through a period of that in South Africa where the Reserve Bank there kept interest rates considerably lower than the inflation rate for years and years and years. So if you put your money in the bank at that stage, inflation was 15%, you got 10% in the bank, you paid 5% or half the 10% in tax so because of 50% tax rate. Yeah. So you got 5% in real terms but after inflation, you were minus 10. So nobody kept any money in the bank. No. But it was a good way of getting rid of government debt. And they got rid of a large amount of government debt just by doing that. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit different now when the government's been borrowing at 0.1% for 10, 20 years. And in Australia, you add a fourth reason behind it, Howard, and that's the iron ore price, <laughs> which, yeah, is, which I think is worth $40 billion 
extra this year in government taxes that we're going to find in the budget next year. Just extraordinary. Uh, Josh Rodenberg rubbing his hands in glee. Yeah, at least they get the money from there rather than asking us to pay more tax. Exactly right. Um, All right, our final stock, Howard, uh, is Michael Hill, the the big jewellery chain. Yeah, um, return on equity looks quite good. So when you first glance at it, it looks quite good. Um, but earnings per share have gone nowhere. In fact, earnings per share were eight and a half cents in 2017, nine cents in 2018, dropped to 6.7 in 2019, 5.3 in 2020. Now, there's been a little bit of a pickup recently in the half year, but this is not the kind of sets of numbers that get you very enthused if you're looking for wealth winners in your portfolio. So it's a retailer. And we spoke about Nick Scarley being a brilliant retailer earlier on. Uh, Super Retail Group had a phenomenally positive update to the market today as well. We've had Accent Group that we've spoken about on this program on previous occasions being another brilliant retailer. And, uh, you know, I could probably think of three or four others. Michael Hill wouldn't go in the category of one of the brilliant ones. It's a mediocre retailer and on that basis, a, a no from us. Okay, Gary? Yeah, I'm with Howard there. Yeah, definitely mediocre to me. So uh, I wouldn't... Because uh... I was thinking, oh, I'd be interested in this uh, because La Visa is such a... Um, uh, so popular on yeah. the markets at the moment. I thought, oh, could this be a uh, sort of a new La Visa or being left behind a bit? But no. So it's sort of like your... Uh, Michael Hill's kind of your... Um, like the, yeah, it's yeah. a bit next level. It's up, like Facebook it? for adults, whereas uh, your Instagram and your uh, other, you know, <laughs> Snapchat is your kids, you know, so it's... Um, the it's Visa all, is the TikTok uh, of jewellery yes, and yeah. uh, Michael Hill's more <laughs> Facebook. Okay. Yes. And, yeah. and, and the one's really better run than the other one too. So the management yeah. in one appears to be far better at making money <laughs> than the other one. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's uh, uh, recap our final five stocks. Uh, Pure Foods Tasmania. Uh, a watch from Gary, uh, a no from Howard. Uh, Sonic Health, both agree that good company, but a high price at the moment. If it got below $30, I'd be interested. Integrated Research, a yes from Howard, a hold from uh, Gary. Uh, Shopping Centres, Australia, a no, and Michael Hill, a no. Have a comment from Team Invest. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. See you again in a couple of weeks' time. Excellent. Gary Glover from uh, from Novus Capital. Yeah, Good thanks. to see you, mate, as always. Thanks, David. And yes, well done to your Lions on the weekend. Certainly outplayed us. Gee, it was hard to say that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Let's, <laughs> if you'd like any stocks that uh, you want us to cast our eye over um, through our expert panel, uh, put them in an email to us, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at Osbiz TV handle. Um, to look at all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, McMahon actually goes into the portfolio after today's panel. Um, and um, at the end of every day, if you need a complete wrap up of the day in business and finance, uh, you've got to subscribe to the Osbiz newsletter. You get Scuddy's View, a link to the Close of Business podcast, links to all the most popular interviews and, and videos of the day, uh, subscribe osbiz.co forward slash COB. And Startup Daily Show coming up at 2 p.m. Uh, looks at everything, scale up and startups. Uh, Luke Anir from Safety Culture, the boys from Townsville. Would you believe 
they've just closed a $99 million funding round at a valuation of $1.3 billion. Lucan is partner up there. Um, Mackham Turnbull's um, a big um, investor in it, got in, in the last round. An incredible story of growth. Great Australian company based in Townsville, known the blokes for a couple of years since they were struggling. Um, now on this latest round, valued at a unicorn. It is just such an inspiring story. So they're the types of people that come on to the Startup Daily Show and um, you can't miss it. Uh, that's at 2 p.m. So a lot happening for the rest of the afternoon here on Ausbiz. Don't go away, back after the break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.